Yo, 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 y'all already know what's finna go down. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, beautiful people. Happy Football Friday from your favorite sports podcast, man. It's the Bringing the World podcast. It's another Camper Chronicle Productions, ladies and gentlemen. And I am D. Wood, your hostess with the mostest. Hey, man. Again, happy Friday. Happy Football Friday. I hope your day's been going well. It's a, it's, a, it's a rather chilly day. Yeah, I'm up early again. Got to double back to the dentist, you know. Going back to the dentist, so it's another early podcast episode. But, and I know I'm still going to bring it how I brings it. So I'm thankful for y'all tuning in. Hope y'all have great days today. We're going to get straight into it, though. We're going to get straight to the football. We know it's football all day today. It's a football Friday. So we're going to talk a little NFL. We'll talk college. We're going to get into my Florida State very, very close win over Miami Hurricanes, but we'll talk about that in the second act of this here. But you know we're going to start the NFL, and we're going to get straight into the Thursday night game. Ravens-Bengals, it it was it started off as a potential good game. A lot of injuries, man. Um, some significant injuries and uh, some other dinks, some other injuries as well that happened in the game. But it was rather a good game for the most part until, you know, Joe Burrow got hurt. Throwing the touchdown. But uh Ravens got the win at home on Thursday night, 34 to 20. Again, uh man. Mark Andrews potentially done for the year with an ankle injury. Say that's a high ankle sprain with some potential ligament damage, which would definitely sit him down for the year. Definitely tough. That's that's damn near Lamar's QB one. I mean not QB one, but wide receiver one, you know? Um, he said it after the game as well. He said the same thing. He was like, yeah, that's uh, that's like my wide receiver number one at some points. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's who I came in with. That's who I got drafted with. That's Yeah, that's who I got the most rapport with. So definitely going to hurt. Uh, definitely hurt, especially in this offense where they use uh, their tight ends, at least one to two all the time. So uh, obviously Isaiah Likely is a solid player, but he's going to have to step up fast. And then uh, Kohler, the uh, other young tight end out of Iowa State, who uh, also had a catch in the game after Andrews got hurt. That's going to be a tough one. Lamar got his ankle rolled up on as well. Uh, he played through it, finished the game, and uh, still had a solid game overall. Uh, 16 for 26, 264 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked three times, though. Bengals defense, uh, you know, played, played good in spurts, but Augusta uh, Bus Edwards, uh, 62 yards, 12 touchdowns. We had an OBJ spotting best game of the year so far. He didn't get in the end zone, but four catches on seven targets, 116 yards. A good run after catch on damn near every one of his catches. It was good run after catch. Showed a little bit of burst. Obviously, you know, he's still older, but he still showed he can make some plays. Even Zay Flowers had the 71-yarder that screen that got called back for the holding, but uh, they looked good. They played well. And again, that was all without Mark Andrews. So I did think the offense still performed well, even without, again, their probably best pass play, best pass weapon, you know what I'm saying? And Mark Andrews, obviously, it'll be tougher now because teams will now redirect their coverages and do some different things. But, you know, that's for the quarterback and the offensive coordinator to make those adjustments uh, and the head coach as well. But as far as the Bengals, man, uh, Joe Burrow was playing pretty good up until that point. 11 for 17, 101 yards, and that touchdown right before he had to sit it out. Um, Jake Browning is a solid kid. He went to Washington, 
Uh, he won Pac-12 Player of the Year at Washington, too, as well. He was one of the guys on that team that made that playoff run when they lost to Alabama in the playoff. Him and John Ross and a few other guys was on that team. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't really much he could do, man. He uh, he also threw a touchdown as well late uh, to Jamar Chase, I want to say it was. Um, but it, it, it was just definitely tough for him to adjust on the fly, you know, not expecting to get in. Eight for uh, eight for fourteen, sixty-eight yards. He threw a touchdown. He was sacked three times. Uh, he just, you know, again, you in there on the fly. But uh, Zach Taylor came out and said Joe Burrow has a sprained wrist. You know, and they didn't know about it until right there. They also lost Cameron Britt Taylor in the game to a quad injury. Um, they said he's gonna be day to day. So again, like you know. Burrow injury is big. That's a big one. But Cambridge Taylor has been playing really, really good for them out there at that corner position. Uh, big, big time player for that they drafted in the second round last year out of Nebraska, and uh, he's definitely played um, as good as he was last year. He's definitely playing just as good this year, if not a little bit better. So it's definitely gonna hurt that he got hurt. Uh, hurts the secondary as well, where they're already suffering in safety with a bunch of young guys that are rotating back there to get right. So to have some good corners who could be trusted and leaned on uh, was kind of going to be a letdown with him out day to day with a quad. So, again, it ain't as big as the Joe Burrow and the wrist. And the NFL is now investigating on how long Burrow been hurt because he never was on the injury report. And now it's like a little picture floating around of a video of him getting off the plane or coming out the hotel with a brace on his wrist. So, you know, they're going to look into that and see how that goes. I definitely think... You know they're gonna they're gonna definitely make something of it. Make something of it if it's something to be made. You know if they are not following protocol, especially if he is hurt prior to the situation, that looked bad on them. I mean you you know that's mismanaging your player. That's safety issues. Just a whole bunch of things that that could be. So I do like that they're gonna do their due diligence. So they definitely got to be better with that because if that's how this is gonna play out, and if that did happen, that's gonna be a bad look on the Bengals for sure. You definitely putting your quarterback at risk. As you can see, he goes out there and plays. And if he wasn't, if he was hurt prior to this, y'all didn't do nothing to make the situation worse. In a situation that wasn't that was dire already, that you know you would just you were forcing to try to make the playoffs. And now you, if you lose Joe Burrow for any amount of time, I don't know how many games Browning can win. Maybe y'all limp in the playoffs. You limp in there, and you know. Get in, but you know, a first round knockout because you know he's just gonna be too hard for him to really hold up as the starting quarterback. But everybody's, you know, everybody gonna have a chance. They got the weapons, you know, they're gonna have Higgins, they're gonna have Chase, Taylor Boyd. Joe Mixon had a great game last night, so they definitely have the requisite parts to go out there and get it done. Quarterback play is gonna be everything. The defense is still playing solid. Again, we'll see what happens with Cameron Britt Taylor. But, yeah, the Bengals definitely got their work cut out for them. Coach is going to have to hit the drawing board and uh, really get a game plan together. Luckily, this is a Thursday. They get 10 days off. So, Browning gets an extra two, three days to, you feel me, get a little extra film, get deeper in the playbook, get a little extra rep or two with the ones, and uh, really get ahead of the curve for next Sunday because it's looking like he's going to play. But we'll see. You never know how uh, Joe Burrow recovers in the next, again, 10 days as well for him. So we'll see. We'll monitor that, monitor that situation. And we'll be talking probably back and back about that on Thursday. Um, but as far as the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson is out. Not out. Lamar Jackson, they don't, he hurt his ankle. He didn't get out. 
He played the rest of the game with the ankle. Um, and still played solid, delivered the football, still rolled out, scrambled, had a couple runs. Um, you seen him falling a little bit, slipping. I don't know if that was the rain or the ankle. Um, could have been the combination of both, but again, he still was out there being a threat with his arm and his legs. They got this running back committee right now with no Dobbins between Edwards and Mitchells and uh, Hill. You know what I'm saying? And then they're giving Zay Flowers little handoffs and everything. And then you got Lamar still running himself. So uh, I like the I like the little running back by committee right now. It's definitely getting the job done. And Gus can be the guy who gets the heavier carries. He's been in that situation. And Mitchell is like their Devin H.A. of the Bill, I mean, of the Dolphins where he's their home run hitter. Got that speed, a little bit of bit a little bit of wiggle behind it to where he can break a tackle or two and get into the open field. So I definitely like I like what I seen. Uh was, you know, I got to really watch it this this week because they was on national TV. So it was definitely a good look. I like what they got there. I think Todd Munkin is getting a grip on calling plays in the NFL. Again, he's a rookie play caller in the NFL. He comes from coaching college football. He was at the University of Georgia the last two, three seasons. So he ain't used to calling plays on the NFL level with elite NFL talent. You feel me? With the best of the best. So it comes with come with time as well. And as you can see, he started to, you know, get his bearings. You know, and it's going to still be some highs and some lows. Again, he's a rookie as well. So I definitely do like what I see. Uh, he definitely adjusted the play calling when Mark Andrews left the game. Went with more receivers. That's why we're seeing a little bit more Aguilar out there on the field, more Rashad Bateman. So he definitely did keep the best players on the field, you know? So I, I like what I seen. It was just some slight adjustments like that you seen him make in the game when Andrews went out and it was like, okay, you didn't just keep all the tight ends on the floor. He still went some formations where he had Isaiah Likely and Kohler out there on the field just, you know, because he still likes to run the ball a little bit out of that two tight end set. Bam. But again, he was still spreading them out, having Aguilar and Bateman in with Odell and Zay Flowers now out there, four wide receivers, Lamar Jackson back there with Keaton Mitchell or, or Hill. So, they definitely, he definitely mixed it up. And um, like you said, he's going to get, again, 10 days to put another game plan together. Now knowing going forward, he won't have Mark Andrews. So uh, I still think the Ravens are in a good spot uh, right there uh, in the hunt for that first-round bye that everybody won't, you know, because you know there's only one bye now. So everybody gunning for it, and the Ravens are in a, in a good spot to get it. Uh, it was a very, very good, uh, very, very good game. Uh, I definitely like uh, what I've seen out of uh, the Ravens, man. Uh, they definitely are a team to be reckoned with. Again, Mark Andrews thing, I think, is going to hurt. I'd it again. Todd Munkin looks like he might be able to see and make adjustments. We'll see how they work. Can Likely or Kohler step up at the tight end position? Maybe they just bring in another receiver and use that now because um, they're all pretty good blockers and willing blockers. So uh, it's an adjustment, but again, good, great coaches do great things. And uh, he's he's definitely gotten better as the season has went. So we'll definitely see how it, how it shakes out. But, uh, yeah, I picked the Ravens to win. Big Che, I hit him. He picked the Ravens to win. Uh, so, you know, it's it's definitely a a, a good look. Uh, but we gonna, I'm going to go ahead and make my picks for the week for sure. And, we're gonna get, and then after that, we're going to get into college football. I'll probably talk about a couple of these games this week. Obviously, the squadrant got to get in on them. But... I'm going to still make my picks as well as I go. Um, but we'll start with a, a Sunday game, Raiders-Dolphins. Um, Dolphins coming off the bye. They got, like I said last uh, yesterday, they got the hard knocks coming up uh, next week. So, you know, this will probably be a part of that, midseason hard knocks. So uh, this is going to be a good one. They at the house. Raiders 
two-game win streak. Coach Pierce looking good over there, coaching those guys up, letting them play free, playing inspiring. Um, uh, Raiders defense has been playing well of late, but I'm definitely taking the Dolphins, man. But for the Raiders to get this done, it's got to be more of the same, bro. It's got to be 25-plus carries for Josh Jacobs, no matter the outcome, to keep, to keep the score low, you know, keep the score close, let the defense get a couple plays because the defense has been taking the ball away. They, uh, you know, they, they've been making a couple plays on the back end between the linebackers and the secondary, uh, between Max probably getting that pressure. Uh, you know, he helping out. He's helping out the whole secondary as one guy. Um, we're hoping the rookie can catch on sometime this season. Wilson out of Texas Tech, who they took with their first pick in this past draft. Maybe he can catch on to help out and give some, give an extra kick, but they're going to definitely need to run the ball with Josh Jacobs. And again, take, take advantage of their one-on-one matchups. With Devontae Adams, obviously it's gonna either be Jalen Ramsey or uh Xavier Howard on him, so it's still gonna be a tough matchup. But again, uh get your get your best players the ball when the opportunity presents itself. Um get start to get Michael Mayer involved in the offense more. As you can see, he's a big one-on-one threat, big body tight end, uh great ball catcher in one-on-one coverage. Get him more involved, get him be more your friend, he'll help open up the rest of the offense. But again, gotta run the ball and play some defense. Because the only way to win a game is to be in a game. You know what I'm saying? You can't win a game if the score is too far away. So you keep the game close, and, man, you always going to have a chance to win it. And uh, I think that's what the Raiders going to have to do, just keep this game close and either maybe play with the lead late and have to pl- get a stop to win it, or maybe you got to go down and get a score late to win it. But I think if they play some good defense and control the game with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, I think they got a chance to uh, be in this game late. But, again, I'm going to take the Dolphins, though, uh, at home. Dolphins six and three, Raiders five and five. Uh, then it's my damn Titans, man. Uh, again, I told y'all last week. I mean, yesterday, last week, the week before that, and the week before that, twenty carries for Derrick Henry, and uh, we do the thing. We uh, travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Jaguars six and three. We just seen what the Niners did to him, man. Obviously, we're not the Niners, not even in any way, shape, or form. But we got to be able to, again, run the football, which y'all were able to do. Y'all were able to do at a very, very high clip and get the ball to our playmaker <laughs> slash Earth, because I do think Tajay Spears is becoming a playmaker for us, the rookie running back out of Tulane. But I do think we need more D-hop, and we need one more player to step up. Again, rather it's Traylon Burks when he get healthy, Chris Moore, the guy we brought in from the Texans, Chigga Kwonko, the tight end. Somebody needs to help step up and be another playmaker in this offense to help out Will Levis in this under uh, subpar offensive line we have. Um, If we want to win this game, you already know, man. We got to control the game and control the ground with 22. He need 20-plus carries because, again, to win the game, you got to be in it. And um, we definitely haven't – we've been in a lot of these games. And, uh, again, Will has made some throws and has made, made some good throws, made some bad throws. Again, it's growing pains. It's rookie, you know, rookie t- highs and lows. He didn't get to play preseason, got hurt in the preseason in the first game in his first series and missed the whole preseason. Didn't play any snaps, didn't take no first-team snaps, none this year up until that bye week before the week he got to start versus the Falcons. So he's still a work in progress, so I'm not judging him super crazy early, but I do think he has the tools. I do think we need to do some plays where he runs more, some – Design runs. I'm not saying he need 12, 13 carries, 
but seven, eight of them, you know what I'm saying? A good three or four uh, design run plays for him, man. He's an athletic guy. He can get out in space. He can make people miss. He can shed, shed smaller tacklers. Uh, he needs to use some of that, and we need to use that as well because um, we need to help out the offensive line as well because just sitting him back there in that pocket, he's taking shots. Again, he's standing in the pocket. He's delivering some great throws from the pocket as well, even while getting hit. So I do like his poise. I like that he's, you know, real calm in the pocket, but at the same time, he'll need to be taking all these hits. Let's get some moving pockets. Let's get him off platform. Let's get these, let's, let's throw some screens. Let's get the, the, let's get the off defensive line to slow up a little bit, get him thinking, man. I had him teeing off on, t- on this man just standing in the pocket because I think that's a tough one. So again, we got to hand the ball off, uh, run the ball with Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears, and Will Levis needs to run a little bit. We can do a little bit of that, keep that offense off the field with Trevor Lawrence in them. And when he is out there on the field, if we can get after him with four and get, and get some coverage, we can make some plays and win the game. Uh, I'm taking the Titans on the road. Uh, obviously, it's a division game, and it's my Titans. Uh, the Jags, obviously, they definitely don't want to lose two straight. So, you know, I, I do respect the Jags and what they got, but we got to get this. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Titans, but uh, the Jags is definitely – uh, in a winnable state at the house, especially coming off of a loss like they took if they want to show themselves contenders. Uh, and then the 1 o'clock game, the 4-5 and five Bucks taking on the 6-3 and three Niners. Again, Niners coming off big win over the Jags last week. Uh, Bucks beating us last week as well. This should be a fun game, man. Uh, can the Bucks defensive line hold up against what the Niners now have in a crazy of a pass rush to where now again they don't really got to blitz as much. They can sit in more coverage and they're and they're getting after quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield's already played against these guys as a Brown. He know what it's against, except for they ain't have uh <laughs> Chase Young. So this is gonna be a very interesting game. Mike Evans is a beast. Uh one of the most consistent receivers of our generation. Uh a superstar, not a superstar, but something close to it. Definitely a star uh, wide receiver and the true number one, uh, him and Chris Godwin, I think are going to try to have a big game. If they're going to want to have a chance to win this game, that's where they're going to have to get it, get their money at. It's throwing the ball to those two guys uh, because uh, I think the front will control the line of scrimmage um, and they won't be able to really run the ball. The Bucks already don't run the ball well anyway, and the Niners don't really play that type of stuff. So I definitely think this will be a game where Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have to get open and make some tough catches on a team, on, a, on some good defenders that have been playing better as of late, especially on the back end. Uh, Telenoa Hafunga's back making plays, getting more hands on balls. So uh, I think this defense is coming together. Again, I'm taking the Niners at home. They're 6-3. Right where they need to be, still on the Seahawks' tail. This is going to be a tight one for that for that uh, NFC West. It's an exciting division. Um, I'm excited to see how it plays out as we get ready to roll up on the back stretch uh, of this NFL season. But I'm taking the Niners at home. Uh, but it should be a it should be an interesting game. I think it'll be an interesting game early. Baker going to come out fired up. You know, he's a very uh, hype guy, especially in big games like this. He don't mind getting up for the occasion. So I do think early. He'll play well, play strong, but uh, I think I think the Niners pull away late, and you know they can go out and get about a ten point victory or something like that. So I definitely like what I, I I see out of the Niners, especially getting Chase Young. Like you said, it wasn't 
the DB they wanted, that they wanted to get. It's like, well, we couldn't get a DB, so let's get somebody that can help our DBs. And that's just more pass rush help. So I definitely think that was a great pickup for them. And um, I think it already paid dividends showing last week. And it'll only continue to get better with more reps, more practice, and just getting more uh, in tune with the defense and how everybody likes to play. So, again, taking the Niners at home over the Bucks. Again, took the Bengals over the Ravens already. And then we got Browns. I'm not Browns. Then we got Bears. Three and seven on the road going up to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Y'all know I'm taking Detroit. I pick Detroit every week. Every week. So I ain't I ain't it's, it is it is what it is. Except for when they play Lamar now, because Lamar don't lose to NFC teams. But yeah, Detroit is is really like that. So they're a really, really good team. They're well coached. They got a a very good quarterback. And Jared Goff, as y'all can see, good run game. Nice wide receiving core. I remember Ross St. Brown is uh, one of the better receivers under the age of, what, 25? I'm going to say that. One of the top receivers under the age of 25 for sure. Uh, very, very good. Fluid wide receiver. He can go over the top, take short routes, routes behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's just a playmaker. And uh, the Lions got a nice thing going on over there. And uh, I'm going to see how they're going to do uh, when they get in these playoffs. I really want to see what the Lions can do. Uh, when the spotlight is on them and everybody knows they're coming. Because right now it's still early. It ain't early, but we know that they're going to be a playoff team. But now teams are going to be game planning for you. We're going to see exactly what they do when the spotlight's on them. So I I'm excited to see what the Lions can do as the season gets uh, serious. And these games just get a little bit more serious. And they're still in a race to get a first-round bye as well uh, over there in the NFC. So this is going to be fun to see. And just to watch the Lions be like this is something crazy to see. The coach is the resemblance of the team. And as you can see, this team, this team is some rock stars. And they go out there and they play with their hair on fire and they have fun just like their coach. And that's what football, that's what football is about. Obviously, they do some real coaching over there. That's why he got real coordinators. A lot of ex-players are his coordinators, which is you smart. You know what I'm saying? We are all player coaches. You feel me? So I like what he's got going over there. And he gets the job done. And again, it, the results are seven and two, and potentially going to eight and two. Uh, so, Detroit over the Bears. Next, we got the four and five Chargers traveling to Green Bay to take on the three and six Packers. Look, I'm gonna take the Chargers on the road, but if the Chargers lose this game, I think they gonna fire Brandon Staley. He don't make it back to L.A. You can't lose this game. The Packers are are uh, a team in trying to figure it out right now. So for y'all to be a team now, we expect to be a contender. We've been thinking to be not a contender, but at least a playoff team the last two, three years. You guys look like you're taking a step back. And the only thing that ain't changing is the quarterback and the coach. So one of them will have to go, and they just paid the quarterback. So you tell me. But, uh, again, I'm taking the Chargers to win on the road in Green Bay against a, a Packer team that just ain't got it right now. But if they lose, I think Brandon Staley could be, this could be his last, if if for sure if it ain't his last game, this is his last season. And uh, then we'll get into the other part of that if he gets fired. I got something else we'll talk about for that. And, uh, next game, though, 6-3 and three Cowboys on the road taking on the 1-8 Panthers. I'm taking the Cowboys. Ain't much to say. You know Panthers going to play hard. It's a trap game. Uh, Frank Wright just took back playing calls. 
So he took he let the OC Troy Brown or Coach Brown Arthur Arthur Brown I think it's Arthur Brown. Uh, my apologies from saying it wrong, but Coach Arthur Brown he let him call plays for like three weeks, and now he's taking it back. It's the fastest somebody ever get took and gave the play calling duties back. But again, he like if we gonna go down, I'm gonna go down. It's doing it my way, and I'm not hating on that. But uh, I definitely do think. Frank Reich is definitely underperforming right now with Bryce Young and them. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is. Obviously, he ain't got no real talent around there, but they still don't look like they still look the same. They don't look like they've gotten better as the seasons progress. Even if they losing, the losing still look the same. They still don't look good. It's sloppy. Bryce Young getting smacked every other play. You know what I'm saying? So I do think they got to get that together, and they're playing against the Cowboy team. Bryce Young, get used to throwing these interceptions, bro. It's good, though. It happens. You in the NFL, but you finna throw at least two in this game as well. Unless you just only throw the ball about 16 times and just say, you know what? I'm just going to get sacked. I'm not going to throw no more picks because Micah and them coming to get you. So uh, I'm taking the Cowboys on the road uh, and a dominating win uh, over the Panthers, man, for sure. Then we got two and eight Giants taking on the four and six Commanders. Shout out to Sam Howe. He lead the league in passing yards. Just, you know, but again, record only say four and six. So it don't look like it's equating to winning right now. But again, it's his first year as a starter. Um, being in me first year calling plays. It's, again, rookie and rookie kind of in the sense. So they're getting it together. Uh, and they'll get better as the, the as they develop as play caller and quarterback. And uh, if not, they just go draft another one and see. And make it a competition. And make the best quarterback win. But... Um, I'm taking the Commanders at home over the Giants. The Giants look bad. Daniel Jones done for the year. Uh, DeVito is not the guy. And, again, he's not supposed to be the guy. He's a developmental rookie that was not expected to play this year. That's why they paid Daniel Jones. Now I think they draft a quarterback. And now you just got to eat Daniel Jones' contract for at least two more years and let him just be the highest-paid backup quarterback, you know what I'm saying, in the in the world. Uh, but... Uh, I do think that's a tough situation, but again, uh, I think Dave Ball, they're going to give him a little chance just because of how successful he was the first year. They're going to at least give him a year or two to try to clean this up. But I'm still taking the Commanders uh, at home. <laughs> and then we got the 6-3 and three Steelers, man, who haven't... The Steelers, fun facts about the Steelers, the Steelers are 6-3, and three and they haven't led... They haven't had a game where they led in total yards. They haven't never led a game in total yards. And uh, so, again, just to let you know, defense, coaching, man, just not turning the ball over. The defense that gets takeaways, that makes plays, field position, they do all the little things right to still be able to go out here and uh, win games. And, again, um, I'm taking the Steelers on the road against the Browns. I do think uh, – Thompson Robertson will play better. I do think he'll play better than what he played against on short notice in that game against the Ravens in, what, week two, week three? I think he'll play much better than that. But I do think the Steelers team, Mike Tomlin, rookie quarterback, we've already been talking about it. Same thing with Will Levis. Same thing with all the other rookie quarterbacks. Um, he's going he's gonna to have a good game plan for this guy. You know, I think, again, Robertson will play better. But I think too much Steelers. I think Steelers get a win. And they sit in second place in the division, man. And it is crazy. That division is really 
jam-packed, man. And uh, it's going to be a close one all the way down to the end. But I'm taking the Steelers on the road. 6-3 and three Steelers versus 6-3 Browns. Then we got the 4-5 and five Jets on the road going up to Orchard Park to take on the 5-5 five and five Buffalo Bills. Just fired the OC, uh, Ken Dorsey. Uh, uh, coach Brady, the office, the quarterback's coach, Joe Brady, who's the former LSU's office coordinator uh, when they was with Joe Burrow and Jamar chasing them. He also was the office coordinator for the Panthers when Matt Rule was the head coach for that short stint. So he's had a few little stops now. Uh, he's going to be the interim office coordinator slash play caller. So he'll get his chance to uh, show his worth again and get his second chance at trying to become back an OC. Uh, and be a play caller. Again, he's got some highs and some lows in his background, so we shall see. I'm taking the Bills at home, though. Um, they took that loss opening week by a punt return, ran to the house uh, by the Jets at home. So I don't think um, the Jets can get away with that again. So I'm taking the Bills at home. But, again, I think the Jets are going to play hard. But if the Jets really want Aaron Rodgers to come back and play, he's going to have to want to come back and play for something. So they're gonna. this is a game that they definitely need to win uh, if they really want A-Rod to come back in December or January. So uh, this is a big game for the uh, Jets and Bills. I'm taking the Bills at home uh, to get the win. Next, we got the 6-3 and three Seahawks traveling to L.A. to take on the Rams. Rams are 3-6. and six. I'm taking the Seahawks on the road. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks on the road. Uh, again, this team has uh, looked good all season. Defense is only getting better. Offense is there. Geno is just trying to protect the football and keep the and, and let these defense handle his business. Um, not sure if Stafford gonna play or not. They also signed Carson Wentz, so yeah, I'm definitely taking the Seahawks on the road. Uh, next, we got the six and four Broncos. I mean, six and four Vikings taking on the four and five Broncos. Uh, Broncos at home. I'm taking the Broncos at home. This is going to be a good game. Dobbs and Wilson will be the key to this game. We definitely going to see which quarterback has the better night. Dobbs is the second leading rusher, rushing quarterbacks only behind Lamar Jackson in the league. Um, he be he out there making it happen. I definitely think this will be one of the better games. That's why I didn't get took off Sunday night. Like again, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, they would have flexed this out and put another game in. But uh, the fact that both these teams are on win streaks right now on, and on more than three-game win streaks, so uh, you get both these teams a chance to show they worth on primetime. Uh, but I do think the Broncos get a win and get the 500, and Sean Payton gets to start to back the haters off a little bit and let them know that he about a little something-something. <laughs> um, also, we got uh, the Houston Texans versus the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, man, uh, I'm definitely taking the Texans, man. But uh, Kyler get his chance to, you feel me, show out, though. Uh, he looked pretty decent in the last game, in this first game back. Made a couple good plays, ran around, made a couple decent throws. But, again, it's going to get better game by game. But the Texans, dog, Man, C.J. Stroud is playing lights out. One, He's playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, not just one of the best young quarterbacks. Uh, it's got this Texas team, Texan team playing extremely well, extremely confident, 4-5 and five right now with everything they want in front of them. Uh, I definitely think they're going to be a tough out. I mean, 5-4, and four, my bad. I'm knocking them, taking away from their record. 
five and four. Uh, sitting over 500, D'Amico Ryan looking like the potential coach of the year. If it ain't him, it's going to be Dan the man. But um, very impressive team, very young team, well coached on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think the Texans get it done. And C.J. Stroud puts on another performance where we're just like, man, wow. This kid is impressive. Uh, he's he's one of the next ones to blow. Um, if you haven't got to see C.J. Stroud play, tune in to one of his games. This kid is, uh, like he said, uh, uh, God, what did he call himself? Got to go back to the combine. I'll get his quote, what he called himself. But uh, it definitely fits. We basically was just saying he's very accurate with the football. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I, I think this kid has major talent, major potential, and uh, an arrow is straight pointing up with those dudes, bro. The arrow is pointing up, straight up, straight up in the air. Uh, and then the last game, Monday night, Super Bowl rematched. 8-1 Eagles taking on the 7-2 Chiefs. Chiefs at home. Mahomes, Kelsey, the gang, Arrowhead, going to be jumping. Philly, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Kevin Bayard. It's, it's, yeah, it's, this this is going to be a very, very good game. Um, but I'm going to take... The Chiefs at home, uh, too much Mahomes, too much Kelsey. No Nicobe Dean this week, so they're definitely going to need somebody to cover Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kevin Bayard is going to probably be one of the guys tasked to do that as well. So we will see Darius Slay. Everybody going to get a chance. They all to get a turn to guard this man. Um, but will one of the young guys step up? Rasheed Ryan, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Valdez Scanlon. But again, if not, uh, you know, they'll just... And in the swiftest way, dink and dunk you down the field. Um, Mahomes is a very good decision maker with the football now as he's gotten older. Um, and again, because he can make every throw, now he knows where he's going with the football. It makes it that much easier. And uh, again, he's elevating the guys around him. That's how you go out there and win the Super Bowl with Tyreek Hill and you win one without him because you know what you're doing at quarterback. And again, not a lot of guys can do that. Mahomes is one of those guys. And this is how he goes out and gets it done um, on Monday night. Uh, in the Super Bowl rematch, unless the Eagles know, yes, I still got y'all number. I'm still the big dogs in the league. Y'all still look up to us. Um, but I do think the Eagles are a very, very good team. I think they're one of the top five teams in the league, and they'll be in the final four um, in the NFL, being one of the teams vying to go to the Super Bowl when it's all said and done. But then in this game, in this particular day, on this particular time, I think the Kansas City Chiefs get a win, and uh, they get the better of the Eagles on a Monday night. It doesn't change how good the Eagles is. doesn't change how good the Chiefs are. It's just two great teams got to play. Somebody got to lose. <laughs> but uh, these are some good games this week. Again, I really like seeing watching the Texans play, unfortunately, because, again, that's my division. I got to deal with that. I also got to deal with Trevor Lawrence now. You know, that's a, a pain in the ass. And then when Anthony Richardson get healthy, I still got to deal with him. So, uh, again, I want to see Will Levis continue to grow as the season progresses, see him make strides. Uh, Coach Kelly, our offensive coordinator, see him make strides in becoming a better play caller, or not better play caller, more consistent, because he does have some games where he's caused where he's caused some good games, but it's just being consistent in your play calling and what you do and how you game plan against the oppositions. Um, it's another good game. Again, Steelers Browns kind of want to see DTR again and how that's going to shake out. You want to see the Raiders and Antonio Pierce and what he can continue to get out of these guys. Dolphins, Missy's, and Hard Knocks. Kind of want to see how they're going to act out now. 
now knowing they got a little bit of cameras around, shall be fun to watch. And then, of course, you want to see the Detroit Lions. Who doesn't want to see the Detroit Lions? <laughs> but, yeah, those are some of the games you're going to want to enjoy this week. Um, but you already know, we're going to my favorite part now, college football. College football. And before I even get into the games, you know we got to get into what your boy Harbaugh out here in these streets doing, man. Uh, again, he officially was suspended for three games. He officially came out yesterday and uh, accepted those uh, accusations. Or not accepted those accusations. Accepted the penalty for the accusations. He still says he had no clue they were doing this, who was doing this, why they was doing this. He just hired coaches to do a job, and they was doing it too well. Uh, but uh, they also fired the linebacker coach. It's well, so again, he'll he'll serve the rest of his three game suspension. Uh, as the uh, and the investigation is over with now, no more looking, no more searching. They fired all the guys that they felt was connected. He gonna serve a three game suspension because it's all happened on your watch. Fired the linebacker coach because uh, they found evidence on him as they was watching. He was at one of them games that he shouldn't have been at as well. So I definitely think this is gonna be. Uh, you know, interesting, but they've already won games. They just won their last two games without Harbaugh there. So, ain't nobody really tripping. Uh, they won their first two games of the year when Harbaugh did a self-imposing suspension on himself for the first two to three games um, in the year. So, again, Michigan is one of the better teams in the country, and they are that because the players on the field as well as the coaches. But Harbaugh has a good coaching staff um, around him of guys who get the job done. So I don't think it's going to affect them too much. And we'll see in two weeks when they line it up against uh, Ohio State and uh, for the Rose Bowl battle. So we'll see then. And that's the only game that matters. That game gets you in the playoffs a certified ticket to enter that game. It makes the college football playoff guaranteed. So I'll be coming back in two weeks to talk to you all about that. And that's my final take on the Michigan suspension. Uh, next thing, the Big 12 is partnering with the WWE for the Big 12 championship game. The uh, conference championship game will receive a custom belt. Well, the most ex- the most outstanding player of the game. So whoever wins player of the game in the Big 12 championship will get a custom Big 12 most outstanding player WWE belt. Uh, dope collaboration. You know the WWE is still a big thing. A lot of those guys in the WWE played football, played at some of these colleges and things of that nature and did play sports at these colleges. So to see them blending that in and mixing that in, I think that's going to be pretty dope as well. So shout out to the WWE and the Big 12 for making that partnership happen. Um, I wonder what other things they're going to do in the process. Maybe have a WWE wrestler, former player, bring the belt out, put it on them after the game. You know, make it a whole thing. You know that WWE is all about entertaining. So anything they can put their hands on, they always want to definitely make it fun for everybody, the people watching. So that's definitely a good look for the Big 12 Conference. Uh, And the NCAA denies James Madison Bowl eligibility qualifications. Uh, James Madison just became Division One last this season or this season, so you gotta be. I think you gotta sit out like two seasons, one or two seasons, before you can actually be bowl eligible. James Madison right now is undefeated. I think they ten and zero right now. Uh, so they was trying to get that, trying to get their FBS on. I mean FCS on with uh, with the big dogs because they're in the Power Five now, but it got denied. Because, again, they got to follow the rules. They got to wait it out. But it is what it is. But James Madison has been playing well. They're undefeated this season. I mean, they're playing some pretty decent football uh, over there in James Madison. 
Uh, but yeah, they got denied their bowl eligibility. They got to wait it out like everybody else that transfers in from a smaller school from the FBFCS conference. And last one, uh, uh, Oregon State University and Washington State University wins Pac-12 lawsuit. Judge rules that Oregon State and Washington State are the only remaining board members in conference, which basically means they control who leaves and who goes now. They kind of going to be able to help narrate what's going to happen with the rest of uh, the Pac-12 conference and what it shapes to in the future, whether it's bringing people in, moving people out, combining with another conference. They'll be the, the, the board members of those two teams will be the only guys talking in the room. Maybe they're going to be the only guys in the room, but definitely if they do bring in other people, they're just in there as ears to listen in. But uh, Oregon State's uh, representative, representative board members and uh, Washington State and uh, represent board members will be the guys that you tap in with when it's time. Uh, like I said, to whether it is to combine schools at, I mean, combine conferences at play uh, at single individual conferences. Uh, individual teams bringing in, bringing out, you're going to only be able to have to go through those two schools. It's kind of a little power move. But, uh, you know, when you stay through all these teams that's about to leave out the Pac-12, you got four teams about to leave the Pac-12. So why not try to, you know, grab hold and get control of what you can left? So I ain't hating. And now we're going to get to the good stuff. I told y'all, man, Florida State, Miami. Uh, Man, I told y'all it was going to be a doozy. No matter how good we look this year and our ranking and being four, number four in the power rankings and all that, it don't matter when we play to you. And uh, it showed in the game 20-27, uh, to 27, and it was a good game literally to the end of the game, man. They literally even had the ball on the final drive. Uh, unfortunately, their quarterback who was making the the, slight, the one who made the few plays, uh, Emory Wilson, I mean Williams, man, he was the one who, who had, had it going for him and was making a few plays. Uh, definitely gave him a chance late, but he got hurt. They had to bring in Van Dyke to back up. And, um, you know, that was kind of the end of that. But, man, I was on the edge of my seat the whole game. Shout out to the U, even though I don't like them. I know a lot of U fans. I got a brother and some homies, U fans. So it is what it is. But, yeah, great game. Uh, The, the rivalry is well and thorough. Definitely wasn't like last year when we beat on y'all. Y'all definitely made strides. But again, that's Coach Cristobal. He's a hell of a coach, so I'm not gonna knock that at all. Um, but we definitely got our uh, we definitely got our work cut out for us. Uh, we're again trying to make this playoff. We still got a couple good teams left. We still got Louisville lurking, lurking out there in the woods, in the weeds. We still play Florida, so we definitely got our work cut out for us. But uh, Jordan Travis had a solid game. Trey Benson, I think we just need to give him a few more carries, man. I really like Trey Benson. He had. 80 yards, two touchdowns on 16 carries. Um, Johnny Wilson, another five catches, 82 yards. Uh, Keontae Coleman, I mean, Keon Coleman, uh, four catches, 24 yards, and he had the long touchdown out there as well. Um, but, again, our run game was on point. Defense played well. Uh, got an interception, got two sacks. Um, but, again, Emory Wilson, the true freshman from Miami, I think them boys got themselves a quarterback, 6'5", 220 pounds, uh, he definitely played really, really well. And then Jacoby George, the wide receiver, the junior, five catches, 153 yards, two touchdowns. He definitely was balling out on this, uh, made himself some money for sure. Uh, he definitely played really, really well. But, again, our defense got the interception late. 
uh, when Tyler Van Dyke had to come in, and that was kind of that. Um, and we ended up getting out of there with a dub. Um, another game that happened, Oregon versus USC. I told y'all that Oregon defense is legit. Caleb Williams been scoring 30 and 40s all season, 27 points against them boys. I'm telling you, that defense is scary good. They just played against an inspired, def- uh, inspired defense that watched them plays, which I'll get into that when they game come up. Um, Bo Nix went crazy, though, 23-31, uh, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Bucky Irvin, the, the running back, 19K, 118 in the touchdown. And then the receiver duo of Troy Franklin and Trey and not Treshawn Holden and Tess Johnson. I meant trio. But it was, this week it was Troy Franklin and Tess Johnson. They went off. Troy Franklin is uh Troy Franklin the third to be exact. Two catches, 147 yards and a touchdown. Uh that kid's a, a playmaker in itself. And then Tess Johnson, seven catches, one twenty-six and two touchdowns. Uh these guys are playmakers. Bo Nix trusts them in one-on-one coverage. He'll throw that ball up to them and give them a chance. Uh, anytime of the week, uh, Kayla Williams had a touchdown, threw one to uh, Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice. But, again, their defense is just, you know, their defense is just their defense. They play a little bit better, fired the defensive coordinator, and this is probably the least amount of points they gave up all year, <laughs> 36. So maybe they're taking a step in the right direction already by just getting rid of that guy. But, again, uh, Oregon is really good. Bo Nix is still pushing the case to try to get Heisman. Uh, one lost quarterback, and he's going to be tops in the country in almost all quarterback categories. Definitely going to have a chance to be a Heisman hopeful, definitely. Uh, but it was a big win for Oregon. Keep themselves in the hunt for the Pac-12 championship. Uh, Texas had a nail-biter against TCU, 29-26. They got out of there with a win. Quinn U.S. first game back. He didn't play all that well. One touchdown, one interception. Hey, but you got the win. Still ranked in the top 10, top 7 to be exact. And uh, that's all you're trying to do is stay close, hoping one of these teams lose. Maybe two of these teams lose, and you get yourself right back in the playoff hunt. Um, Georgia dominated Ole Miss 52-27. I mean, 52-17. to 17. I told y'all, Lane Kiffin only get up to play Alabama. <laughs> Other than that, man, he going to get knocked out by teams of that nature. Um, but, yeah, that was a dominating win for Georgia. Still one of the best three teams in the country for sure. They're uh, physical. Again, quarterback don't always got to play well. With all that talent, he just can't lose the game. Um, then Tennessee got whopped by Missouri. Missouri's a really good team. They just happened to play against Georgia, who's a better team. <laughs> and it kind of go like that. Um, you also got Oklahoma State getting embarrassed by UCF. I said, I told y'all, UCF. Almost beat Oklahoma. I said, they're going to give Oklahoma State a good test, too. And uh, there it was. And USCF won 45-3, man. It was a, a a blowout, surprise blowout. I wasn't expecting that. And then, again, I talked about it. Utah and Washington, number 18, Utah took on Washington. Uh, very close game. Washington won by a touchdown. Michael Penix, Jr., 332 yards, two touchdowns, only sacked one time. Dylan Johnson, the running back, another good game, 23 carries, 104 yards in the touchdown. Michael Penix also had a rushing touchdown as well. Um, but, again, their defense plays inspired in moments. They ended up getting two interceptions in the game. And uh, those would be the those are the plays that they get when their offense isn't just as crisp as they want them to be and they ain't out there scoring 45 and 50 points. When they score lower points, their defense usually steps up and helps out. So 
That's what I mean by an inspired defense. Uh, then you also had Unk play. Man, I thought Unk had him one, man. I thought Unk was going to get an upset. But, boy, that boy, that freshman Noah, Noah uh, Fatia from, from um, Arizona, that, that boy nice. And I know that ain't how I pronounce his name. I know it ain't. But he nice. Uh, Jonah Coleman, I can always talk about it, Stockton native. That boy can play. Uh, Trey McMillan, the wide receiver, or T-Mac, they like to call him. Uh, they play. They played a, a hell of a game, man. Um, and uh, I thought Colorado was gonna get the win, and Arizona ended up getting the game winning field goal off. It was definitely a hard fought battle, but again, it's that it's that uh it's that run game, man. It's the trenches, like Coach Prime been saying all week. Uh, Jonah uh, Jonah Coleman, eleven carries, one hundred and seventy nine yards. Um, and then D, uh, Williams came in and got two rushing touchdowns. McMillan, 107 yards and a touchdown. Um, Crowning uh, also had another touchdown himself, man. And, uh, again, it's just a tough, tough season, man, for uh, uh, Colorado. But, again, we're going to see Shadour next year, Shiloh, Travis Hunter. They all coming back. Deion already said he's going to have a better line. And Shadour Sanders is still playing well, man. He still threw 262 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked three times, hit a few more times. You already know how that go. But uh, this guy's a playmaker. He's a baller, and he'll be a first-round quarterback next season when he comes out here, man. His brother probably more like a second or third. He, But, again, another season to getting better. You never know. He can probably be a back-end first. But I definitely think Shiloh and uh, Shador are draftable players and will be drafted. Um, and I think they're going to have a chance to meet Colorado. be a very, very good team next year, especially when they switch over to the Big 12 and go back down there, play some more warm-weather teams, and, uh, you know, uh, get some better recruiting, better offseason. Transfer portal going to be crazy. You already know how that go. Um, and I think they'll be a much better team. It's just going to be rough for them this year. Uh, but the few of the games this week, that's going to be jumping. You already know I got to give you all these games this week. Uh, one game that I think gonna be good is that same U team that we just had a close game with. They at the house this week and they take on nine and one, ten ranked Louisville. Told y'all about uh uh Plumber. No, not no, not no relation to Jake, but uh I think this is gonna be a good game. I think the U gonna try to go out and get an upset, but uh I think this will be a good one. Nine a.m. on ABC tomorrow. Tune in to this one right here, bright and early. If your team not playing. I think this could be a good game. You're going to come out and try to give Louisville some problems, especially after playing us well. Gives them some momentum going into a game like this. Uh, this could be a very interesting game. Uh, Louisville is ranked 10. Highest they've been ranked in a long time, probably since Lamar. So this is going to be a good one. And you got Michigan 10-0 with the coach Shermani Moore, offensive coordinator taking over as interim head coach. Uh, going to Maryland to take on six and four Maryland, I think that's gonna be a a, a fun game to watch as well. Um, I like watching Talia uh, sling the ball around to a little brother. He literally is just a smaller version of Tua. Um, fun to watch him throw the ball around. Maryland's got a couple playmakers out there at the wide receiver position. They like to have a little fun, so uh, I think it'll be fun early. But you know, Michigan's gonna dominate that game. Blake Corm, Dylan Edwards, too much, too much, too much running back tandem. Uh, number 22, Utah, take on number 17, Arizona. In Arizona, that's going to be a good game, 11.30 a.m. Pac-12 Network. T- tune into that one. That's going to be a doozy for sure. You got number one, Georgia, 10-0, taking on 
Uh, number 18, ranked Tennessee. Tennessee going to be at home, and they 7-3. That's 12-30, CBS. Next, another one of them sleeper sneakies. Number 20, North Carolina, 8-2, traveling to Clemson to take on 6-4 Clemson. Again, Clemson took out Notre Dame. This is another one of them teams that Clemson to get up for, and they'll take these boys out. This is kind of like a, a, a rivalry, a state rivalry, because Clemson is in South Carolina. So this is a South Carolina, North Carolina thing. I think this could be a very good one. Um, I, I think that's, this could be a very good game. I think Clemson definitely got a chance to go and get an upset at the house and uh, stun some people. Next, we got uh, Kansas State versus Kansas. We got the in-state rivalry. Kansas is 25, and Kansas State is 21. Jay Don Daniels, the quarterback of Kansas, already said he's going to return for his senior year. Uh, because he's been missing so many games this year with injury. He came out and said that earlier in the week. So it's good to know that he'll be back one more because I really need y'all to see him. He'll probably be my bandwagon quarterback for next year. So I'll just throw that out there on the on the line. It might be him coming next season as my bandwagon quarterback. Y'all know this year is Michael Penix. Last year it was Hendon Hooker. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what you feel me. So keep an eye out for that for that kid, Jadon Daniels. But, uh, yeah, Kansas, Kansas State. Both teams seven and three, number twenty one versus number twenty five in state rivalry at four PM on Fox Sport One should be a good one. Missouri, number nine ranked Missouri to be exact, eight and two, uh at home against five and five. Florida tomorrow, four thirty on ESPN. Florida the SEC games are always physical games, especially when Florida playing, so I definitely think that's gonna be a good one. Speaking of physical, number five Washington, ten and zero on the road. At Oregon State, who's 11 ranked, they eight and two. This will be another one of those physical teams that Washington is up against. This is why Washington's still gonna be at five, though. This is why they got these are one of those games they gotta win, man. But Oregon State is physical. They phys- they run the ball, and they get after the quarterback. They got good DBs. They got good linebackers, and they got a physical front, man. It's gonna be a good game for Washington. Uh, Michael Penix is gonna be another game to show your skills, show your worth. And what you can do, cause uh, these guys are these guys gonna get after it for sure. They're not gonna play no games. Uh, they definitely coming for an upset. But again, they got DJ Uyunglele on the other side. He's been uh, hot and cold all year this year. So uh, we're definitely gonna see what he can do. Definitely, if they can get after him and get some pressure on him, this should be a fun game on both sides. Oregon State at the house. Their crowd will be live. Hostile environment. Uh, upset alert. I'm not saying upset, obviously, cause I like. Washington, I'm rooting for Michael Penny Jr., but this is an environment. This is a team. This is a team that can go out and take a, take a, take a chance and make some gamble plays and end up going and getting an upset. So this is a game to watch, 430 on ABC, Washington versus Oregon State. Definitely. And then you got uh, Texas uh, on the road against Iowa State. Iowa State 6-4. Texas still ranked number 7, 9-1. Quinn Ewers second game back. This 5 o'clock on Fox. Definitely just want to see Quinn Ewers get back in the groove. They just had a really close game against the TCU team. I felt like that they should have beat on. But, again, they did lose the running back, uh, Jordan Brooks, for the year with an ACL. So you're going, you know, deeper into the running back. So you got backup running back, starting quarterback, returning from injury. Um, I just want to see if they make adjustments and they get back to handling business. You you know, you got to play some rotational players and uh, let Quinn Ewers get back throwing the ball around if he's healthy. And I get this team to still have a chance to win the Big 12. 
I mean, yeah, win the Big 12 and still have a chance at the playoffs because, again, anything can shake in these last three weeks. We got some big games um, between a lot of the teams in the top seven in the next upcoming weeks between Georgia and Bama potentially having a Big 12 SEC championship matchup. My Florida State guys versus Louisville in the in ACC title matchup right now. So uh, it's definitely some teams that have a chance to make it happen. Pac-12 championship could be Oregon and Oregon and uh, Washington uh, as a run as a rematch, or I mean, or Washington and USC. Uh, it just depends on how it goes. So it's a lot of scenarios that can happen. We'll see when it all shake out. But uh, definitely, teams in the top ten should still be playing to win every game because it could shake up at any point. And yeah, those are those are the games this week that y'all should tune into uh, for the college football uh, on Saturday. It's definitely gonna be some doozies going on. Um, but uh, again, thank y'all to everybody who tuned in. I'm about to get ready to go to this dentist. And let them do their wine thong thio on the kid, man. But uh, again, can't thank y'all enough. You already know. Uh, hit me on Facebook. Hit me on Snapchat. Hit me on Instagram. Hit me on the X. Uh, all everything is either Camper Clouds or Bringing the Wood Podcast, man. Uh, I'll make a post on one of my socials so y'all can see all of my, uh, yeah, all my links. So, uh, always you can stream this, man. Uh, again, we got some, some other things coming in the future. I'm working on with some other people so we can get some different voices in here on some different content. Uh, but again, you know, if you got any ideas, you already know, tap in, hit me. It's all love. Uh, enjoy y'all day. Happy Friday. Happy football Friday. Love, peace, and hair grease. Love, live, life, and Tupac. It's the Bringing the World podcast. I'm D-Wood. Yeah, I know what I just did on this podcast. I just brought the wood. Peace.